This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. All truth and no grace is brutality. You wonder why people run from Christians? It's because we've been brutal with them, man. We've beaten them down. We've shamed them. We've stomped them. We've criticized them. We don't take a time to think about their past. We don't take time to look at their life and wonder why they do what they do. Where do they come from? What's their upbringing? Most of the kids that I knew in youth group have gone through at least four or five different families, man. And these kids have, many of these kids have never even been to church before. Some of these kids don't even know the basic parables. And they're going to run amok. And they're not going to understand your Christian values that you grew up with. And you can hit them with the truth all you want and you're only going to chase them away. Don't let your truth lack grace. There was grace. There was the attitude of Christ. Everything else is just noise. Everything else is just noise. Verse 8. Eliphaz says, As for me, Job, I would seek God, man. And to God, I would commit my case. Job, if I were you, man, I would seek God and I would come. It's not like Job is not doing it already. In fact, as you read through the book of Job, it's fascinating because all his friends talk about God. Job is the only one talking to God. I would rather trust a man who's talking to God than a man who's talking about God, you know? And this guy's like, dude, man, you better get right with God, man. If I were you, man, blah, 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 blah. Shut up, Eliphaz. And look at this, verse 9 to 20. I'm going to go through this quickly. Look at what he knows about God. God does great things, verse 9. Unsearchable things, marvelous things. He gives rain to the earth. He sends water on the fields. He sets high on those, uh, those who are lowly. And those who mourn are lifted to safety. Verse 12 says, he frustrates the devices of the crafty. Verse 13 says, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. Verse 15, jump down over there. It says, but he saves the needy. He's a God who saves. Verse 17, behold, blessed is the one whom God reproves. That's who disciplines. Therefore, despise not the discipline of the Almighty. He recognizes that God is like a loving father who disciplines his children. Verse 18 says, he wounds, but he binds up. He shatters, but his hands heal. And he says, he's a God who redeems in verse 20. He knows a lot of good things about God. But for Eliphaz, God is just a wrathful, vengeful God. And for, for Eliphaz, he thinks that bad things happen to bad people. And that's why in verse 8, he says, Man, if I were you, Job, I would just seek God, man. I would kiss up to him. I would try to get back on his good graces. Because, and in fact, if you, if you continue reading what Eliphaz says, um, from verse 20 uh, onwards, he says, Man, if you commit your ways to God, you'll be blessed. God will hide you from the lash of the tongue. You'll not fear destruction. It's not going to be up on the screen. And it says you should laugh at distraction. Even the beasts of the field, they will listen to you. All, all things in nature will be at peace with you. It says your tent will be at peace. Your offspring will be many. And your descendants will be as the grass of the earth. For Eliphaz, God was just a vengeful, wrathful God. No wonder he's unable to show kindness, grace, and have the attitude of Christ. For you and me, for you and me that's sitting over here today. When we go out into the world, we got to be careful that we don't just take what we've seen, don't just take what we've heard, but we also got to go with the grace of God. Eliphaz continues and he speaks about what he's learned through Revelation. Back to chapter 4. He says, Now a word was brought to me stealthily. My ear received the whisper of it. Amid the thoughts from visions of the night with deep, when deep sleep falls on men, dread came upon me and trembling which made all my bones shake. Do you see this guy that build up the eloquence in his words? This is just the introduction of what the spirit is going to tell him. It stood still, 
but I could not discern its appearance. A form was before my eyes. There was silence. Then I heard a voice. Okay, Eliphaz, what was it? Can mortal man be right before God? Can a man be pure before his maker? Once again, he's saying, Job, you're not right before God. You're not pure before your maker. First of all, Job was never claiming to be perfect. He's never claiming to be, you know, holy, like God is holy. That's why he offered sacrifices. Here's once again Eliphaz coming. No grace, no kindness, doesn't have the right attitude. All he wants people to know is God is a vengeful God, man. You better get your act straight. You better go kiss up to him. You better get right with him. And then when he says all this knowledge that he has about God doesn't work or doesn't connect, he starts talking about this. The Lord told me, the Spirit told me. Look at Job's response to this in verse, chapter 7, verse 11. He says, I will not restrain my mouth. <laughs> I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. I like it that Job is so confident in who he is, in God, who he is in his righteousness before God. He says, listen, I'm not going to shut up. Okay, for some of you who are feeling misunderstood, it's okay for you to sit out instead of singing, God is good all the time. It's okay. God can handle it. The people of Israel, it says in the Bible, they hung up their harps by the rivers of Babylon. And they said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They said, we, you cannot worship. We cannot sing joyfully because we've been taken out of the promise of God. And we're in a strange land now. How can we worship God joyfully? Forgive me if I sit this song out as you sing, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Because I can't right now. My soul is in anguish and I feel misunderstood. But if you are sitting down and saying, man, I don't experience the goodness of God, please stop looking at the people around you and look to Him because no matter what you're walking through, He is gracious. He is kind. And look at His attitude. It says in the book of Philippians, in fact, it challenges us to have the same attitude that Jesus had in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though He was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to or something to grasp or something to hold on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Amen. It's interesting that Jesus became nothing. Eliphaz is trying to be something and look at Job's answer to Eliphaz's attempt in Job chapter 6 verse 21 this is sad Job is telling Eliphaz for you have now become nothing not like how Jesus emptied himself becoming nothing look at this you see my calamity and are afraid have I said make me a gift or from your wealth offer a bribe for me or deliver me from my adversary's hand or redeem me from the hand of the ruthless these guys came to show comfort and sympathy and now Job says, listen man, you're not adding any flavor to my life. In fact, you're actually causing me more grief. It sounds, it, you seem like you're a pawn of Satan now. You know a lot about God, but there's no kindness. You know a lot about what you walked through, but there is no grace. You talk to me about God, but you don't have the attitude that I know about God. We'll bring this to a close. Eliphaz knows a lot about God. But only Jesus was able to make God known to us. Eliphaz took time to come to comfort Job, but Jesus came into the world to save us and to send us his Holy Spirit, which is a comforter. 
Eliphaz had seen wickedness, praised the Lord that Jesus comes into the world and takes on my wickedness. Doesn't just see it. So that now I can have his righteousness. Eliphaz, he blames Job. Jesus takes on my blame and yours. Eliphaz couldn't understand Job. Jesus is the only one who can understand you. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Man, he knows exactly where you're sitting. If you're in that ash heap, he knows where you're sitting. If you're sitting in a family that doesn't understand you, he knows where you're sitting. If you're sitting in a place with sickness and the doctor's unable to figure out what's going on, he knows where you're sitting. And he's able to understand your pain. And he shows you grace. He shows you kindness. And Job chapter 6 verse 14 says, He who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. You want to fear God? Well, don't withhold kindness from a friend who is in need. Last week I told you, you will find your purpose when you come across people who have a need. You'll find your purpose as you come across people who have a need. Like Peter, James and John, or Peter and John, finding the crippled guy outside the temple. You'll find your purpose when you see people who have a need. Do not withhold kindness from those who are in need. When God brings them your way, show them the grace of God. Show them the kindness of God and have the attitude of Christ. The Bible tells me in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 24, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother, and that friend is Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand? We'll pray. I know I said a lot this morning. It encourages me to know that even though Job was in pain, and even though there are friends trying to sway him in changing his attitude of who God is, he says in Job chapter 7 verse 17, What is man that you make so much of him and that you set your heart on him? I want to tell you this morning, no matter what you're walking through, God has his heart set on you. Job gets it. I hope you get it. Eliphaz didn't get it even though he had everything together. And could it be possible that you're going through a hard time, misunderstandings, because God wants you to know that he has his heart set on you. In fact, as I read through the chapters, Job says a lot of crazy things. But like I told you earlier, Job is one person who actually talks to God. Because he understands that no matter what he's going through, God has his heart set on him. If you've been writing off Jesus because of the people around you like Eliphaz, it's time for you to repent from that. Jesus is not like Eliphaz. Jesus is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Job continues to say, you visit him every morning and you test him every moment. Are you walking through a testing? If you are, I want you to remember that he is kind. He's full of grace and true. And his attitude towards you is love. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the battle belongs to you. But as we gear up now for this week, as we hold on to your truth, I pray, Lord, that you would give us the courage and the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit to rebuke every judgment that's thrown against us. You're impatient. You're not upright. You're not pure. You're angry. You're jealous. You're bringing this on yourself. You're not seeking God. Repent. Anything that's not from the enemy, O oh Lord, I pray that you would filter it and throw it out. Forgive us for trying to be like other Christians instead of trying to be more like you. Save us from that, Jesus. I pray for those who are struggling with ongoing patterns of sin. My Father, my King, I pray that this week they would find themselves in a place of divine victory.
I pray for the young youth, teenagers over here, O oh Lord, as they walk through these years of the world trying to ensnare them, enslave them. Let them know that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and it's Jesus, and nobody else can take that place. I pray for those who are watching disasters around us as our country is falling apart and divided. Father, I pray that you would give us the courage to be compassionate. Give us the courage to show kindness, O Lord, along with the gospel. Give us the courage to show grace along with our truth. And teach us, O Lord, to have the mind of Christ. Father, give us the divine stops, the divine stops to shut our mouth when we're talking to someone who's hurting. And instead of saying, I told you so, instead to say, Jesus loves you. God has a plan for you. You're still alive. There's a purpose. God, let's not be found to be thieves who steal purpose and joy from people's lives. But let's be people who multiply purpose, who multiply encouragement. Make us rich, Lord, to be able to encourage people. God, let's build each other up like your word says. That shows the manifest grace of God. I pray for a special anointing, O Lord, on this church. A special protection on this church, O Lord. As we go out into this world, crying out for your hand to reach far and wide. And to touch those who need your touch. I pray that we would be people who first experienced your touch. The Bible says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I pray this week, O oh Lord, that we'll be able to live that out, that we would use our gifts to show grace, and that we would not use our gifts to tear people down, but we will use our gifts to show grace, not empty encouragement, but truthful that comes from a place of prayer, that, comes, that, that brings a word from the throne room of grace. And Father, I come with this message, I come with this word, I come with each and every person into your beautiful nail-pierced hands. Have your way, my King. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the power of the Holy Spirit rest and abide on each and every one of you, empowering you to do His work. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service times and address.